Hey, Melody. Hey, Peter. Sup, Drew. Hey. Welcome to How College Works. So I thought uh, today we are, this may actually come out next semester, but we are right up at the end of my semester, and I think we're even closer at the end of Melody's semester. That's right, last week of classes. Yes, I'm uh -oh. the penultimate week of classes. I mean, not the last, but the one before the last. Uh, <laughs> the penultimate week? Yes, that's what I said. That's yeah. what he just said. Oh, sorry, I wasn't listening. I was... <laughs> I mean, that is, I've said that so often about you. <laughs> the, um, but we, I thought we'd talk about course evaluations, which we have talked about before, but I don't think we've sort of given it our whole attention. It has been part of something we've talked about, well, how do you talk to a professor or how do you deal with this mm. and that sort of a thing. And course evaluations have come up in that, certainly as part of we, something. We, we may have talked about it before, but I probably wasn't listening. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I was right. I was surprised that we hadn't talked about it because obviously it's something that comes up every semester for us. That's true. That is true. And it is something where this interaction between students and professors versus students and say teachers is is very different. You know, if we were to talk about the rhetorical situation of your course evaluations. Oh like my god, Melody? did you steal my slides from class yesterday? Because I <laughs> totally did the same thing. <laughs> no, I, I I didn't, but we should, I, I, guess I do we teach a writing class. Say, like if, if part of our audience is, you know, seniors in high school moving ahead, then the course evaluation is where the students are giving an eval to the professor and maybe some other audiences as well, of yeah, right. how they felt the course went for the semester or the term or whatever. And um, there is a high school analog to that, but go ahead. I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you, I'm gonna let you finish. Go ahead. <laughs> Beyonce had the greatest album. The, so let me give a brief overview of like course evals in college for those who are not in college. And then Drew, if you can give us an overview of kind of if there is, and if so what, the analog within high school is. Okay. And so at the end of every semester, uh, we do course evaluations, meaning that usually not from me, but from somebody else in the administration, there is either a physical bubble sheet to fill out or a, a link to something online where all my students are invited to evaluate my classes, all of my classes. And sometimes you'll even have specific questions for say lab courses or lab component of a course. And you'll have general questions for every course, things like was the instructor prepared, were they respectful, you know, agree, disagree, one to five kind of a thing. Uh, and then- A Likert scale. Uh, Likert, yeah. Or is it Likert? I think it's Likert. What do I know? I mean, I don't know. I read things. I don't like hear them pronounced. Oh, that's I. I heard it read to me in in my graduate school. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Well, you know, you're professional <laughs> well, what, well, about this sort the, of thing. Is it Likert or whatever you said? I heard Likert. Okay, cool. There's a G in the middle though, isn't it? No. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Unimportant information. Go ahead. I'm going to look it up and not listen. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, so that information is usually the way that process works is that's handed out before the end of the semester. Students have time to respond or they respond in class if it's a physical thing and the instructor is to leave and the students are to fill it out without any input or influence from the instructor. Then one of the students takes it in an envelope, usually down to like the, the office or the department. And so that there's no influence from the instructor as to what the students say about them and how they rate them. 
that's all then generally kept uh, kept confidential or like not shared with the instructor until after the grades are submitted. It's a K. It's a it's a K Likert. Yeah. Okay. Ah. <laughs> Thanks, Likert? Melody. Thanks for that. I went to college. <laughs> <laughs> I have a degree. I'm well, um, I don't know. I guess because I teach a research class. <laughs> just... Maybe may so. Like, I yeah. just ran into it a little while ago. Oh. Uh, you know, as in a few years ago. Uh, anyway. Anyway, that, that those responses are then shared with the instructor after the semester is over, as in whether average rating for these different things are, any comments the students have left, which we're then supposed to use to adjust and improve our courses. Do you look at it like year on year or just, hey, this semester, how did I do, and then toss it? No. What? You cut out a lot. But I think what you're asking us is we look at it once a year or every semester or if we toss it, right? Yeah. Are you looking at year on year as far as, like, you know, last year my course got this eval and this year I got this eval and it on in general improved, right? Right. Yes. You're, you're kind of siloing a lot of year or just this semester. And then oh so no, my internet is unstable. Well, your internet's yeah, crazy. I'm, right I'm feeling you on that unstable internet. You probably didn't hear anything I said, huh? Uh, no, I totally I got, got it. it. I blame my wife. We got it. Uh, so to answer your question for me, I look at all of them after the end of the semester, but I really only focus on the ones that I'm going to apply the, the soonest. Like, so if I teach, I'm teaching like a research class this semester and then another class, but I'm teaching two sections of the research class in the spring. So I'm going to focus on the evaluations from the research class because I can immediately apply that. I'm not going to focus as much on the other class because I won't teach that again until next fall. Yeah, and ideally, I should be looking up my evals when I come back to teach a course again. So I'm teaching Physics 205. When I in the, in the summer, when I prep for this course, I should be going back and looking at at those evaluations to see what students uh, said. I'm I'm not as good at that as I should be. Uh, often, I feel like I remember the things that failed because like <laughs> like it's really. It's hard to miss them failing, <laughs> so like it's not working, because I only have like eight students. Mm. Uh, but I should be coming back. I should read them at the end of the semester. I should read them again when I go back to prep for a course, uh, so that I can uh, uh, look at them and and plan accordingly. You could, there are, I think, plenty of uh, certainly tenured professors at big institutions where teaching is not a big part of what they really need to be doing, where they just don't ever look at them at all. Huh. We, there's no incentive. Right. I'm afraid to ask Drew to talk, but what goes on <laughs> with high school evaluations? Well, I, I know that. Uh, there's probably, and you guys, you know, yell at me if it gets all weird because the, I don't know what's going on with my internet. Anyway. Um, Only uh, have an IT professional to look into that. Honestly, well, there's some rooms they just don't care about. Um, Fair. The, um, the, the, I know that there's some places where uh, an evaluation from the students is used as a portion of the teacher's um, 
evaluation. I, I, that's really rare, I think, in high school. Now, a lot of teachers, uh, if you follow teacher Twitter, are do this as a, a semester or a year-long course evaluation in high school with their students uh, in a as, as anonymous method as we can get and look over it and um, some of them even publish it with the names removed as a, as a, and that way it's like, hey, the students are, are uh, like one year I did that. I had my students give me a, an eval and I asked a couple of questions, um, which I lifted off another teacher, which I thought were, would be powerful questions that students would answer honestly and would give me the feedback I wanted to grow as a teacher, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I use that myself and publishing it to, um, you know, Twitter or public um, it makes it authentic. And I, and I told them, I'm, you know, I'm going to publish this because I've seen other teachers do this. I'm, I'm going to strip the names off or whatever information. If you, if I can tell who you are, I'm going to strip it or not use it, but um, I'm going to read everybody's and then publish what is publishable. Um, but it's not a requirement. It wasn't used in my evaluation. My evaluation is all from my principal. Right. Visiting or, or whoever he designates or she designates to come. Uh, so the, the AP or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's not a requirement, but it is a powerful part. And, and I get like, in one sense, high school teachers or K-12 all the way through saying, mm -hmm. well, you know, the students don't know per se what is good pedagogy, good teaching, good strategy. Mm -hmm. If I'm holding people to a high standard and they're uncomfortable with it, um, that doesn't mean I'm a bad teacher. That means they're uncomfortable with the high standard per se, but sometimes that's, that looks on the surface to be subjective, right? So, you know, that's why it's not used in teacher evals, especially when the union is um, strongly opposed to that kind of thing, which is why we fall back on test scores. Yeah. <laughs> Although this seems bad. <laughs> yeah, that, that too. So again, it's, I don't think it's required uh, near anywhere, maybe in a private school or a charter school or something like that, but um, it is valuable. I, I, found it really valuable, especially with a class you're struggling with or students you're struggling with to hear what they have to say on authentic questions like, um, yeah, did, did you feel safe in the classroom? Did you feel that um, Mr. Highland respected your uh, opinion on these items and, and you know, use your um, knowledge to help uh, arrange lessons or whatever? So, and I have to go back and look. It was about three years ago I did that. So I have to go back and look what questions I asked that were, and I got some good answers. I, what I thought were real answers, they weren't, you know, sometimes students will just say, oh, it's terrible. I hate it every minute. And it's too much homework. You're right. And it's like, okay, toss that one. Well, it uh, reminds me of one of the times that we've talked about this before, uh, sort of uh, as part of something else and, and Melody saying that, giving the feedback on the eval that there was too much reading in a literary course or too much writing in a writing course yeah. is so, not good feedback. Well, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, a waste of, it's a waste of space, but. Oh, you're right. I'm just going to stop teaching writing and just, you know, I don't know what we're going to do, watch movies. But... I guess I hadn't realized that my writing course had too much writing. We'll just, we'll bring it back down to sticky. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll just have one paper. It will be your <laughs> entire grade. Yeah, your entire grade will be this one. You're going to revise the hell out of it. Get ready. I mean, they that would, would hate be, that even more. 
I know, but it'd be such good practice, wouldn't it? It would be good practice. I've thought about it. Why don't you get on that? I don't know. There's no, so much, like, there's only so much. You can't do 14 full weeks on one paper, can you? I mean, yes, I oh, can. yes, you can. <laughs> that, would, that would lose too, too much. Um, I don't know. You would lose a lot of interest on it. You would. I mean, I could do it. I'm not saying it's like the best idea um, right away. Oh, my God. I, okay. I'm, I'm just going to have to pause for a second and just be like, I am so tired of managing my email right now. It's the last week of classes. And if I get one more, oh, do we have class? I don't know how to sign up for a conference. Can I get some more points on my grade? I might just punch something. Okay. Well, not the mic because that would be very loud. I don't have a mic. Well, I don't know where it is. Well, don't <laughs> punch your computer. That would also be bad. Yeah. If only we had an IT guy. Okay. So, uh, so you were saying, I want to come back here. So Drew, you were saying that it's rare for this to be a portion of a high school teacher's formal evaluation. Everything I've seen, like, yeah, this would not be like a required contractual thing where student feedback is a portion of my actual job eval. Um, huh. You know, I think so I find this to be really interesting is that while uh, student opinion of a high school teacher carries much more weight in high school than it does in college. Oh, it, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You could you definitely student opinion. I'm going to take it to mom and dad and mom and dad are going right. to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. I will I'll say, I'll say this. There's a lot of, of uh, what's the word I want going out and fetching student opinions on all type, all types of topics as far mm -hmm. as um, the, California Healthy Kids Survey, where we get the information on uh, teenage drug use and pregnancy and alcohol use and da da da, and um, basically like uh, all year long, students are getting bombarded by fill out the survey or did you go to yes. the you know the career thing? Fill out the survey to follow up the career presentation, and you know they're being asked all day long what their opinion is. So it's it's interesting that while their opinion carries more weight in high school, it is actually a formal portion of my yearly evaluation. Yeah. So it's like, so usually it's like teaching research and service and those are different weights depending on where you work. But within that teaching, student evaluations is a big part of that. And right. I've known people who have said your student evals or have been told your student evals are kind of low this might be a problem for tenure. You need to get people in there to observe your class to counteract some of these bad uh, I was going to say, like, how strongly weighted is a student eval? Like, do you have to basically have evals that say, my professor murdered somebody in live in the classroom in order for you to get uh, non-tenured or what? It what depends. So if you're at a big research institution, then yeah. a lot of your, a lot of what matters is your research research institution so low eval you're bringing in like a million dollar grant they're gonna let your shitty right. emails go well, like right what, right what's his name uh, uh uh bucky that did the bucky ball at uh, at rice like i don't nobody cared about his evals right <laughs> right or or our sister who had a chemistry uh taught by a nobel laureate who then like literally like eloped with one of the tas in the middle of the semester those evals totally are going to be crap but no one's gonna care because he's a nobel laureate he won the nobel he's yeah, staying like, there please please keep, keep working here right <laughs> yeah yeah we'll get someone to cover your classes please don't leave the institution 
Yeah. But at different institutions where research, you're not bringing in million dollar grants because you don't got time for that. And it's not that weighted, but like, you know, where I was working where Peter is now, teaching is the top. It's the most weighted. Right. And so it also depends, like Melody was pointing out that you can get feedback sometimes, which is like your evals are low. This needs to be addressed. One way is to address those head on in sort of, we have a thing where I like do a self-evaluation of a reflection of the year. And so I wish I should comment on my evals. What do students say? Are they valid? If, if they're, if they're misinterpreting something, then I need to provide some explanation for that. And say, hey, I got a low mark on this area and that was, that was uh, because of a misunderstanding and now I need to address the way mm -hmm. I teach that. Right. Right. Or I was trying something new and it's still like we haven't worked out all the kinks yet or right. the expectations of the students are just off. And I, I did address this, but the majority of the class seemed to okay, just so not be listening. I, I just had a thought. So it, the other portion is that my students are, um, when I was in the classroom, are, are minors. Again, that we keep coming back to this. And your students are adults, yes. age of majority at least. And when I give a, like I just gave a training uh, last night on to teachers of um, how to use YouTube in the classroom safely, uh, which I'm very proud of. <laughs> but You're I- like, Why are we getting any of these materials? Why aren't you sharing this with us? Oh, do you, oh, I can share it with you. Anyway. Um, Thank you. Uh, and I gave a course eval in, you know, as part of that course, because I want to see how I'm doing and if I'm addressing everybody's needs and if I'm speaking loud enough and I want to get better as a presenter for my staff that I, that who I cater to. Right. Right. Uh, and because, you know, and because I respect their opinion as educators and adults, um, you know, taking my training, I don't want to waste two hours of their time. They now they were getting time sheeted and paid. So I could have just got up there and done a dog and pony and everybody got two hours and we wink at the camera and go home. But that's called graft, right? That, yeah. Yeah. That's actually, that's lying. <laughs> so, you know, I want to give a good quality uh, practice presentation, you know, a portion of lecture and, and whatever, and then get feedback on it. Like I want to get better. Don't, and, and how many, like, of those teachers, I had 15 people in the room. I probably got three that actually clicked on the link and went to my eval form and gave me any critical feedback that is actionable. It, most of it is just like, hey, it was either, it was so in the middle that they don't care enough to click. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. So, so you started off with about minors. Where did that, I don't know what. Well, like, I don't care what a minor uh, person their oh. opinion doesn't matter because they don't have enough experience in I get okay you spent 12 years in the classroom in public school but that doesn't make you an expert at what my job is right there but yeah there is say the same thing right there is this been in school for 16 weeks please tell me what I did wrong right okay yeah yeah well but, and I guess that's my point is like I want those evals from my 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 adult uh, uh, students and when I'm teaching teachers uh, because I respect their opinion. Yeah. Yes. So there's two things uh, I want to touch on. One is uh, the student as content specialist and the other is peer uh, peer review sort of. This is not the peer review that Melody and I normally talk about. Uh, so one of the things that Melody mentioned is like your, your evals are low so get your colleagues to come in and observe your class. That's a, 
colleague observation, it is a peer because other faculty are my peer and they are reviewing my classroom procedures. <clears throat> That's, that can be a very, very useful and informative uh, thing to practice to do, to have feedback uh, and another pair of eyes on your, on your process uh, in the classroom. Was that true? We have a, same, a similar tool in, in teaching in K-12, the peer assistance and review. Right. And it's a lot of times that's used as a punitive, like, hey, you're, yeah, you have low evals, like you need to go through this PAR system. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's like uh, the beginning teachers have a beginning teacher induction process. And so it's very similar to that where you're doing exactly what you've described as your professor is reflecting on the lesson, reflecting on the unit, reflecting on the semester, and then making changes based on that reflection. Right. Uh, Basically spending more time with what should be a master teacher as a mentor. So there is, there's that aspect and that can, because the people who are, this is sort of talking about audience in terms of who is it that's reading a course evaluation. I read my course evaluations. Yeah, I go over this in detail with my students because sometimes they think that I'm the only one who reads those, and that is just not true. And so Correct. every now and then they'll try to be cutesy or they'll try to do an inside joke, and I'm like, I'm the primary audience, but there's absolutely a secondary and tertiary and even further than that. Right. And so I kind of explain what that yeah, means. And- so these are used in sort of a yearly evaluation when you're, for, for me anyway, before tenure, and then it's like the last three years of evaluations, I present every five years after I get tenure. Mm. So basically the two years after, like I, there's every five years I get reviewed, and effectively the two years after that, like I can just throw these things in the trash in terms <laughs> of like people other than me. No one other than me is necessarily going to look at these things. Um, but every five years, I go up for a review where the yeah. my boss takes a look at all the stuff so that I've collected. It makes sense to keep an eyeball on it and make sure they're not trending badly, right? Is that- it does. It does. Right. Um, because I've been part of a, a committee where it the person did not address it in the letter, and it was some really bad evaluations, and we took that, that very seriously as a committee. So firsthand, I can see how really bad student evaluations or really a pattern of bad student evaluations. I think it, like everybody can have an off semester or an off class. Absolutely. But if there's sure. a pattern, a consistent pattern, then mm-hmm. it catches attention for sure. Yeah. If I'm getting comments on my course evaluations, and I'm yelling at my class yeah. consistently like a class every semester or so then that's going to show a, pe- a pattern of like, this is the thing that I do. I yell at my class and that's something which the administration is going to take seriously in terms of, well, do they want to uh, award me full tenure? Maybe not at that point. <laughs> no. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, back to the audience thing, this yes. committee. Well, so first of all, I tell my students, yes, I read them, but who else do you think reads them? They're like, I don't know, whoever's in charge of the teachers. Yeah, I'm part of a composition program. The comp director's going to read them. I'm like, anyone else? They're like, I don't know, is that your boss? I'm like, nope. And they're like, well, does your boss read them? I'm like, yep. (laughs) You know, and then it goes on to this committee. And then, you know, having been on the job market recently, I've had to send in sample student evaluations as part of my application packet. So it could go beyond this university. 
So yeah, that cutesy little inside joke just doesn't translate beyond your first reader. And there are so many other readers you have to consider. Yeah, and it's the, t the tone and the other people reading it are primarily people who are, who are or have been professors themselves. Yeah. Well, like, the, yeah. I guess that's a, that's a real question. If this is such a important, serious item for your <laughs> job, uh, how do you elicit pro feedback from amateur students? That's well, right. I mean, that's, this really is the other hard. thing I want to get at is, is that part of it is always reading between the lines mm -hmm. in terms of like content specialists. Our students are not content specialists. If they were, they wouldn't be taking the class. They'd be teaching the class like I am. The only people like there's nobody else in my institution who can provide me like deep content feedback because I'm the only physicist here, you know, and my students can't really give me feedback on good pedagogy because they don't have any training in pedagogy. You know, riding in a car for 16 years doesn't mean you can drive it. Fair. I've, yeah. I've flown on a plane before. I'm totally can fly this plane. It's like, no, like that's the, that's the level of difference that it feels like on the other side is, like, sure, I've taken a ton of classes in my day, and I've, at this point, probably taught more classes than I've taken, and they're very different, you know, and so it is, uh, it's almost across purposes to ask them about yeah. content, like, what did you learn? They may, my students may not even be able to look back and reflect effectively on what they didn't know that they now know. Either they don't know it, and so they don't know a they or they've incorporated it so fully at this point this is my ideal situation they don't even remember the time they didn't know it that's that's my ideal i'm, I'm always shooting for that one <laughs> so basically they learned nothing is what they're gonna write right. <laughs> yeah. yeah i can't i already knew everything this class had to teach me no that that takes me back to where when i i um graduated music school and i had to take an basically an exit test uh which didn't matter what i got on it i don't think but and it was checking that exact thing. Like, did you incorporate what you learned even back from first semester? And I don't know because, because yeah. I couldn't remember that far back, but it was on the test and, and uh, yeah, I hope I had it in, in, you know, ingrained in my head. And so I, I get that. And at the same time, you do want to be explicit, don't you about um, like, Hey, we're learning physics and this is our, our core concepts. And uh, what's the big equation F equals MA. Okay. Thanks Ms. Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my high school physics teacher. That's right. That's 20 years ago. Uh, and, and, and I got it, right? She told us explicitly what our goal was. What's the big equation? And that equation I can, you know, re-derive and turn into torque and turn into this and that. And mm, um, We're just doing and, torque right now. Make me happy so, there, Drew. I mean, the, problem, <laughs> the problem is, is that, you know, when you're doing your own course evaluation, you pick the questions. Right. The problem with institutional evaluation is we don't, I don't even know what's on the evaluation right now <laughs> I've been I don't like I went to look to see because we have canvas and I know my students can click on it and see the questions but I can't see the questions so not, I'm not, not until they're released to you right, and then you right. can see the questions and I'm sure someone out there somewhere can give me the questions or kind of tell me but I don't even know and so like in terms of how do you get pro feedback from amateurs that's a good question. And some of the things I try to do is help them. I'm like, well, here's the kind of comments that will actually affect some sort of change. Don't just yeah. say that something's good or bad. Explain why. 
give right. examples. Give specifics. Don't, yeah. yeah. Don't take on an angry tone because anything in all caps or a bunch of exclamation points is probably not going to be taken that seriously. Yes. <laughs> and so yeah. um, do you also travel professionally to conferences and, you know, uh, uh, Peter, you're the only physics uh, professor at your, as your location. Are you going to where the physics professors are to get that type of mentor feedback uh, relationship that like that a, a teacher at a big high school campus would say, I've got my department, I got my department chair, I've got the other high school in town, I can call up and see what their department's doing that kind of, you know, uh, I tend to do less of that. Uh, that is usually those are like in support networks. I have a bunch of colleagues who I went to grad school with. And so there are people that I would tap, like some that have like written textbooks, you know, and so, uh, or I bounce ideas off of them. If I'm like, oh, I want to do this. What do you think about this? I've certainly given feedback about, hey, I, I've been using this book and this is the way we, uh, it covers this subject. I thought it was really good. You should like look into it. Um, there are conferences for that. There's the American Association of Physics Teachers. So I could, you know, go go to that and I won't get feedback on my own work, but I can see what other people are doing. Yeah. Is, is more is more like what those conferences are, are for. That's, that's not useful in the in the moment, but that's useful for planning next term, right? Absolutely, okay. yes. Yes. You know, and so yeah. those those are important. I think the kinds of information that we can ask students for and uh and trust that their answers are, they have enough perspective to give informed answers are things like, you know, you mentioned, I feel safe, you know, was I respected, that sort of class yeah. climate questions. Right. Those I think are there. Absolutely. Everyone is an expert in responding to that because, they because that's, yeah. yeah, what you, your response, your, your perception is, is exactly what we want. I can't ask students, you know, did, is you what you, <laughs> did you learn physics? I can't, I also can't really ask them like, did what is what you learned going to be useful for your future career? Right. Which is almost always a question, something along those lines. Yeah. The problem is, is that students, even if they know their career, generally don't know what it entails. Yeah, so and even if they did, they don't know how to apply what they learned in a first year writing class to other things. Cause they see those as two totally separate things. Right. So there's, there's a lack of perspective in what is needed for the career and a lack of perspective in how, does, how do the skills they have learned apply to the career that they don't know what the real content is. Yeah. <laughs> so for, for many students, that question really boils down to, did you understand it? Is one of the things we I found in graduate I think, school. I feel like at this point we should hedge and also say like we're talking about in general students, but they're right. Plenty of fantastic quality feedback that that I can read and say, you know what, that is critical of me. That's negative of my class, but it's useful to me. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely, that, yes. That student was heartfelt in trying to honestly help me when I asked to get better at teaching. And sometimes that's a I got to take a pill with it and kind of say like, okay, yes, he's correct, she's correct. I need to change this and that, and and you know, do growth in my pedagogy. So it's not like, oh, every single student, I don't even respect that opinion. I'm not even going to ask. I think we still continue to ask, right? Our, our yeah. you know, and then we, we just have to be able to filter 
and read our responses in a way that doesn't throw out all of the babies with the bathwater. <laughs> right. And it's hard. You know, like I actually reading my evaluations is probably my least favorite part about teaching. I mean, I'd rather grade 50 more essays than read those things. Good God. Yeah. I mean, I really don't like it. And well, by and large, everything is positive, but it only takes one negative comment. Like I still remember like most of the negative comments that I've gotten on my evaluations. Like they just stay with me and it doesn't matter. Like one comment that's bad outweighs 50 that are positive for me. And so. Which means that you really need to be super careful about that because yeah. that actually distorts the view of what is good and what is bad. It does. Uh, like I usually that. have to have someone kind of like a colleague sit with me and kind of go with, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so they usually offer the perspective that I need to be like, listen, this is one person. Right. <laughs> not that you should ignore this, but this is not as big a deal as this all caps makes it sound. Right. And yeah. actually sometimes I do ignore it because sometimes it's like she was mean and I'm like, no, I'm not. I just didn't baby you the way you wanted to be babied. Moving on. Yeah. I, I would say, you know, advice for students when coming to these course evals is that, you know, one of the things you mentioned is like all caps and like spewing vitriol is not going to be well received. Yeah. You know, have... If, you, if there's something you really liked about the class, have a thought, spend a little bit thinking about what is it that you liked and why, and, and so be, that you can share that specific. Yeah, be able to communicate that to the, to the audience, yeah. knowing that the audience is more than one person, because the all caps shouting is not going to make a change. And people will look straight past that and say, you know what, hey, I'm, I'm Professor Peter's boss, but this student is just angry and there's and it looks from the the all caps that there's something else going on here so right. and i flat told them i went over this with my class yesterday and i flat said if it's all caps and it's just has like hateful language in it i just you know i scroll i scroll i don't look at it right you need me to read it and you need people like me to read it right and so it and needs to be calm because then we also talk about the purpose right so we talk about audience purpose and genre and the purpose, I'm like, what do you think the purpose of these are? And of course, one of my classes was like, accountability to make sure you're doing your job. And I'm like, yeah, that is a purpose, but it's not what I would consider the primary purpose. Like, yeah, it, for me as a primary reader, what is the primary purpose of these? And they're like, oh, to get feedback and do better. I'm like, exactly. And if you want me to do better, I need you to be rational and I need you to be thoughtful and I need you to give me explanations. Precisely, precisely. If you can do that, then I'll probably read it. And if I don't, if it's something that is kind of embarrassing or painful, difficult for me to read, I will still read it. If you're all yeah. like, but when you so did this. Effort. It's so much easier, less effort to just put a thumbs down and downvote on Reddit and, you know, throw in memes and whatever. I, don't, I hope they can't do that with ours. <laughs> right. But right, I, I don't mean, know. And, you and can, I tell them, I'm not perfect and I don't mind you telling me what didn't work. And I was like, but you also need, and I tell them like, even though I care about your individual opinions, you also have to consider that this class wasn't designed just for you. You know, there are 24 other people sitting here. So to tell me that Sunday night deadlines were really inconvenient for you and why, I don't know, like that doesn't seem all that helpful unless you really want me to do it on a Friday and, and other people are like, well, Fridays are inconvenient for me. And I'm like, oh, so I'm like, okay, 
I'm just like, give me something that I can work with. If you really think that Sundays are bad, tell me. But I don't know. Like they're just like, well, and I didn't like it whenever you did this and it wasn't helpful for me as a, as a learner. Okay. Well, I can take that into account. Like somebody said that I relied too heavily on my slides and because I put too much information on the slides, they don't take notes and that's my fault. And I was sorry. Like, I mean, that's kind of a, it's kind of a you problem. <laughs> right. I said, so I just like, okay. So I addressed it in terms of like just saying, I use slides in the class. I put lots of information on the slides. If you want to write it down, go for it. If you don't, you don't have to. I said, but some people need for accommodation purposes to have things in writing. Just how it is. Also true. Yeah, but like you shouldn't do that because I didn't take notes. And I'm like, what, did I well, restrain your hands? I mean, if you want to come talk to me about like how we can make sure that you end up taking the notes you need to take, I guess we can do that. That's fine. But like it's not, not the time for that, right? <laughs> just like, yeah. I know. So like in terms of like the class, is, yes, you are a person. I value your individual opinion, but also think about that you're not the only person in the room. So it just irritates me sometimes whenever... <laughs> they make it so personal about themselves if that makes sense right i mean it's yeah whether the whether the feedback can be generalized or not right. it, it always in some sense will be their personal experience but you're i think you're right in that if it's if it's something which is idiosyncratic to that student that feedback is less useful to me yeah well when you get a sunday deadline i procrastinate even more i'm like but some people like, work friday and saturday they don't have I'm just like, God, you know, I'm like, maybe you can turn it in early. You can always turn it in early. No one tells you you can't do that. Yeah, true. Okay, I think we need to wrap it up here. Sorry, so, I got off on a tangent. No, it's, it's, it's good. It's good insight. <laughs> so feedback for Course Evals at College, be calm, be thoughtful, have specifics. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, and this is to affect change, not to hold accountable really or, and no one's going to get a raise from this either. Right. And I don't know, I guess people also, like you said, like the accountability part is part of it, but I also am very clear to say, I'm sorry to tell you this, but one bad evaluation or even one bad class is not going to get me fired. You know, like it has to be a pattern. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry to tell you that either. Like that's just not how it, that was one of our first episodes too. It was like, that's just not how it works. Right. 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 And so, but sometimes I think students are like, we had just a little bit of a, this up. Now you have me questioning my entire life. That's <laughs> okay. So we had a little bit of a technical glitch there. Um, what were we saying? I don't even remember now. I was talking about how some people try to use, or they think they can use evaluations to get people fired. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, sure. A pattern of bad evaluations might definitely raise some flags, but one student or one class in one semester is not the end all be all. Right, your audience for uh, for evals is not quite as broad and as easy to rile up as social media. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so have you have a game plan? You know, yeah. if there's a message that you need to send, then send it on there, but send it in a way that you know that the person that who has to receive it can do so. And usually, yes. if you're really mad that that mode of communication will not translate effectively. Right. And this to me is especially important than from like writing classes. So it really frustrates me when we spent all semester talking about 
like audience awareness and then they don't seem to act like the course evaluations don't apply and I'm like no they're still a genre they're still you know we still have an audience and a purpose and we need to make sure so that we're working within that genre um, and higher rhetorical situation yeah right and so like I'm like we've been talking about this all semester this pertains to all all kinds of writing right right and so or communication not just writing well right well I don't teach communication I teach well writing. it's fair <laughs> But then to see them not apply those writing skills or those like concepts to course evaluations is like doubly frustrating um, because like you can't make a claim without supporting it with evidence of some sort, whether that's examples or research or whatever. We've talked about that all semester and yet here you are making these audacious claims <laughs> with nothing to support it. So um, it just, I don't know, it frustrates me on two levels, I guess. So as long as I can support my claim that you're mean with evidence. Yeah. I, I'll go, I mean, I'll at least consider it. <laughs> That's fair. Right? It's only fair. I mean, I'll read it and be like, you're mean, sad face. I'm like, okay, moving on. You're mean because of X, Y, and Z. Oh, I didn't realize that came across as mean. I will definitely reconsider that. That's good. Yeah, that's good. It's good. Yeah. So you have to go soon, Melody. Yes. Drew has not recovered from our glitch. He's had to go. This is going to be interesting because he was really robotic <laughs> for a while. <laughs> uh, at the beginning, I might maybe I'll cut that out. <laughs> so, thanks for listening. If you have a question, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Highland, D-O-C-T-O-R-H-Y-L-A-N-D, or send me an email, peter.o.highland, H-Y-L-A-N-D, at gmail.com. All right. Bye. Bye.